Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Today we've got a great malicious compliance story by the book. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, it looks perfect on my monitor. Okay, I can work with that. Working at Big Co with lots of agents in the field, agents had pretty decent 15-inch laptops to work with customers in the field. New project comes up to give the field people some better tools. Project owner and other stakeholders haven't been pleased with the way the old apps work. Looks like it was scraped from a 3270 terminal. Pretty close, but well before my time. They make sure I hire a real graphics designer to develop the GUI. Fine, I can do that. Interviews, offers made, designer arrives. Suze is nice. Programming team is excited to start. Looks all good. As a gesture of welcome to our IT group, get her the developer setup, souped up 15-inch laptop, docking station, two big monitors. Developers like it. They get to put windows all over the place. Life is good. Suze seems to be happy. Pretty soon her, the lead developer, and the business liaison go on to make a great GUI experience. Time passes and I check in with the project manager. Going okay, on schedule, and we have the GUI walkthrough in the morning. Super. I ask about how that's going to work. Built a mock-up as static web pages. They can just click through the pages. Dev team gave some fake data for the drop-downs. Sounds like it's under control. I go off to see what fires may be getting started elsewhere. Next day, come back from my last meeting of the afternoon. Email box is showing full red alert. Lotus notes, unread emails, and my message light is on my desk phone. Before I can mouse click my way into the mess, my boss comes into my office. OP, what exactly happened in the demo today? No idea, project manager says it was all set. Business liaison was good. I had other priority ones, so I skipped it. They said poor move. Get on top of the disaster now. Find project manager, business liaison, Suze, and started asking questions. Demo in the conference room went fine. They sent the link out to the field people to look at. Field people had some issues. Like what? Well, a few said it was completely unusable, said Suze. She turns, pulls up a browser window on one of her big monitors. This is it. A very nice, clear GUI. It looked a little busy to me. Lots of boxes on one page. I said, hey, can you drag that down to your laptop screen? Yep, looks pretty crowded now that it's one-third the size. Suze, it looks a little tight. She says yes, but it looks perfect on my monitor as she slides it back to the big monitor. I say people in here have 15-inch screens. She says, well, we should get them bigger ones. It looks perfect here, and I'm the GUI expert. Sigh, second sigh. Tell the project manager to meet me in my office. Tell the others to go home. Long, unhappy conversation with project manager, much arm-waving, etc. May have used the F-word a few times, maybe a few times in the same sentence. Bottom line, was going to be hard to move Suze from the works perfect on my monitor. Next day, Suze comes storming into my office. What the freakity freak happened to my freaking monitors? Some freakwad freaking stole them, that freaker. Breath. And they left a freaking note. What the freak does eat the dog food freaking mean? Wow, she could be management material. I said, oh, that's a phrase we use, eat our own dog food. Every time we build a new system that has user impact, we are the first users. So when it's bad, we get to see it first. Suze yells, what does that mean to me? No F words. 
maybe not management material, it means that your users have 15-inch screens. You had a giant screen and kept going, it looks perfect on your monitor. Now you have 15-inch screens to see what they see. You know, eat the dog food. Sue sighed and walked away. Four days later, the revised GUI demo went very well, and she got her monitors back. Monitor was from the IT storage area. They were happy to get rid of two of the old monitors, unamused when they came back. You know, I'm just impressed that you got all the way to doing a GUI designing job where you're making these mock-ups for prospective clients and you have no concept of not everybody is going to have the same resolution screen. I mean, this kind of thing even goes beyond GUI. It's kind of just a design staple. It's like the advancement of how does a piece of art look when you're up close to it and how does it look when you're stepping back away from it. I'm not saying that you have to be an art major to do computer GUI design, but knowing some basic art principles and how they can apply in situations like that for GUI design certainly wouldn't hurt. My question is, is it better from the get-go to design from the lowest end user's perspective first? Or design it for the highest end and then try to retrofit it back down to where it would work for a low end user? Feels like the second would be kind of harder, wouldn't it? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, Wanna hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is... Don't move? Okay. There is a particular delivery app that I use. The unfortunate thing is that they direct the drivers by what seems to be the fastest route, but it isn't always logical. My condo just so happens to be located right now. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Next to a senior living community and it takes the drivers there i know this and put directions on my orders i sit by the phone because the app is broken and i cannot contact the driver until they reach out to me it is an incredibly quick fix three immediate left turns just annoying the other day i placed an order and got a new driver who went to the senior community and spent 30 minutes wandering around getting farther and farther away from where i accurately was on the map before finally calling me I told him exactly what he needed to do, go back to the main road and turn left, then turn left into the very first driveway with the for sale sign next to it, then make an immediate left as soon as you enter the complex. That is where I am. He said okay and hung up. I then watched as he went back to the main road and turned right. Repeated calls went unanswered and I watched for another 30 minutes while he went everywhere but the direction toward my home. He finally called me again and I was able to get him pointed in the right direction and he even found my complex. He then proceeded to discard all other information I provided and began wandering my complex. He was getting close, so I headed toward my door. 
Now, it is important to note that I am disabled, hence the heavy delivery app usage, and everything from the belly button down is mostly numb. I don't know I need to use the bathroom until it is near emergency status. He was almost at my door when the feeling hit, and I figured I'd have my order momentarily so I didn't rush to the bathroom. In the time it took for the app to refresh, he had walked right past me and was nearly on the opposite side of the complex. At this point, I decided to go to the bathroom and he could now wait for me. Just as I was about to stand up, my phone started ringing. I answered as I stood, and the exertion made me release the contents of my bowels into my pants. The man was screaming into the phone that I gave him directions when I looked down and saw a puddle forming on the floor at my feet. I muttered, you've got to be freaking kidding me. The man heard me and shouted, don't move, then hung up. The damage was done. I already had a mess to clean up and it took this idiot two hours to go 300 feet so he can smell the fruit of his labors. It still took him a while, but what was really unfortunate for him is that the order included alcohol, so he had to scan my ID and my porch light doesn't work. I could have used my phone light, but decided I didn't want to. He saw what was going on at my feet and was trying as hard as he could to get out of there. Hey, you wanted to find me, and now you did. Stay a while. He eventually got my ID to scan, and he ran back to his car while I cleaned myself up. The drinks may have been warm, but they were delicious. When it comes to the times where I have used like DoorDash or Uber Eats or something like that, it becomes a little bit of a gambling game on whether or not they'll find my place because there's a couple turns before getting onto the main road. For whatever reason, although very clearly on the GPS it marks just go straight, way too often I've watched people on the map see this turn come up and just go, that must be it. The most frustrating thing is when they call from the completely wrong address and are like, I can't find your address. Yeah, maybe because you're on the wrong freaking street, bro. Maybe I'm management material. Our next story is by the book. I work for my country's customs administration. We basically do what you would expect. Anything that comes into my country is subject to duties, levies, and taxes. And the goods can be inspected to ensure all the paperwork filed actually conforms with reality. Certain differences exist between private and commercial goods, Most private goods are not subject to customs duties, exceptions being meat, alcohol, tobacco, and a few other products. But other than that, customs law applies in every aspect to both commercial and private entities crossing the border, meaning that many regulations usually reserved for truck drivers and professionals can be easily applied when it comes to private individuals. This was something a particularly nasty traveler had to realize when he bumped heads with my superior. I was working a night shift at a rather small border station in the north of my country where me, a colleague, and my superior had activated an irregularly manned border station. Not all border stations are permanently manned, and opening a border station outside of its assigned working hours is referred to as activating it. It was 3.40 in the morning and we didn't see too many cars. The ones that crossed over were foreigners who drove into our country for work. Many of them lived in the border region, knew the procedures, and played ball. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Some were friendly, some a bit grumpy, unsurprising if you have to get up that early, but all of them did as we asked. Show some identification, answer our questions about what's in your vehicle, and maybe endure us taking a look inside. And then it arrived, a black Porsche Cayenne. Until then, I didn't even know that Porsche made SUVs. In the Porsche was Mark, not his real name. Mark basically looked like Christian Bale looked like while playing Patrick Bateman in the movie American Psycho. The suit, the haircut, his briefcase, everything indicated that he had money and wanted people to know about it, which is fine. People should enjoy having nice things, and signaling is a part of social interaction. We treat everyone the same, and we expected this encounter to go as uneventfully as the previous ones. Boy, were we wrong. We nicely asked him for his ID card or passport, which he handed over. We then asked Mark what he was transporting in the car. When he stopped, we saw that there were several cardboard boxes in the trunk and on the back seat, which he answered with, I don't see how that is any of your business. Bad mistake. It was in fact not only our business, but the very nature of our job. And since Mark had not only failed to answer, but had also failed the attitude test, we ordered him to open the trunk. He got out of the car and opened his mouth again. I will open the trunk, but just so you know, I want this done by the book. You touching my stuff is unacceptable to begin with. So if you damage anything or I find as much as a smudge, I will put you in a world of hurt. Now confirm that you understood me. Now, at this point, my superior stepped forward. We have understood you quite well. Now, I just need to know whether you were serious when you said that you want this to be done by the book. Can you confirm that you want this done by the book? Mark then sealed his fate by answering in the affirmative, upon which my superior updated him on the situation. Splendid! According to customs law, the person crossing the border is responsible for opening and unloading the vehicle he or she drives, must unpack all containers, present the goods for inspection, repackage them, and reload the vehicle. When it comes to non-commercial crossings, we usually do all that as to not inconvenience private travelers. But since you want this done by the book, you will have to do it. Failure to comply allows me to keep you in your vehicle at this border station for as long as I want. Any kind of resistance allows me to restrain you. And now get to work, and make sure you don't accidentally damage your own car or its contents. Mark then had to lift several cardboard boxes filled with all kinds of personal items, it appears he was moving apartments, into the border station, had to unpack all of them, lay out the contents piece by piece for inspection, repackage everything, and reload his car. Had he simply answered that the boxes contained nothing significant, we would have taken a quick glance into the truck and he would have been on his way after 3 minutes. This way, the whole procedure took 35 minutes and left some nice sweat stains on Mark's shirt. He filed a complaint. The complaint was dismissed since everything was done by the book. 
I mean, you roll up to a border station, what are you expecting? For them to smile and say, okay, you know what, you got too many cardboard boxes, we don't really want to take a look in that, go on through. It's one thing to be upset that your internet cut out and call and complain to the customer service rep, or march back down to the restaurant because they got your order wrong and complain. But if there's one place you don't want to upset the employees and look like a total jerk, I would imagine it would be at a border crossing station. This next story is, you want the best I can offer? Okay, here it is. As a bit of background, when my wife and I had our first child, my wife's grandpa paid thousands to buy our son a lifetime membership in a political organization. We're in the USA, whose values do not match my wife and I. We were frustrated but didn't say anything because her grandpa lived alone and was toward the end of his life. When my son was a toddler, I lost my job. This was in the middle of the recession and jobs were hard to come by particularly for recent college grads with no experience. The next 10 months were difficult. I often went to bed crying at the rejection after rejection. It was at a particularly low point that my son received a letter in the mail from this political organization that he is a part of. It talked about how they needed every penny he can spare to help this group in their fight. They needed his best. My sadness turned to anger, and I wanted to call them up and lose my mind. Instead, I decided to maliciously comply. My toddler son had no money, but he could scribble on a piece of paper. He scribbled in various colors on a piece of paper. I wrote a note on the back saying that when you hit a toddler up for money, this is the best he could do. And I sarcastically told them that I hoped it helped in their fight. I put it in the envelope they had enclosed, attached that envelope to a rock so that they had to pay extra postage, and sent it back. It makes me happy to think they lost money on hitting him up. Surely they must have learned after a while that sending postage paid envelopes is not a good idea. Surely for every actual donation that they got back, a number of those had to go to malicious people, right? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.